Hello, this is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from a Revelation Timeline Decoded YouTube video series that I made in 2021. The videos were very low tech, mostly me reading what's on the screen, so you're not missing much in the audio version. The Revelation Layers Chart and Summary PDFs that I refer to in the videos can be found at www.revelationtimelinedecoded.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello, Set Apart Saints. This is David, and in this video, I will show you how the Office of the Papacy, the Popes of Rome, fulfill Bible prophecy as the Antichrist beast. If you haven't done so, I recommend watching the previous videos in this Revelation series so that the explanation is in proper context. If you want more information about the fulfillment of Revelation, the Revelation Timeline Decoded book provides it in detail. People say that the Antichrist will be an atheist or a Jew to deceive the Jews. But the Antichrist has to fulfill all the prophecies that point to him, and that includes Daniel's visions. In my The Beast of Daniel video, I show how Daniel foretold four beast kingdoms, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome, the last of which stays in power until Messiah returns, which tells us that the Antichrist is from Rome. In my The Mystery of Iniquity video, I show how Simon Magus was arguably the first Roman pope who feigned to be a disciple of Messiah, but really helped set up a false religion of pagan god worship with the veneer of the true faith. In my The Falling Away of Second Thessalonians 2 video, I showed how Emperor Constantine and the Roman bishops codified the false religion of Romanism, which became the false religion of the Roman Catholic Church. In my The Fourth Trumpet Judgment, I show you how the last Western Roman emperor was removed from power in 476 AD, he was the restrainer that the Apostle Paul talked about in 2 Thessalonians 2, which had held the popes back from taking power over the Roman beast kingdom. In my The Little Horn of Daniel 7 video, I show how the popes of Rome rose to power out of the ten kingdoms of the fallen Roman Empire. In my The Man of Sin and the Son of Perdition videos, I show that in 2 Thessalonians 2, Paul describes the popes of Rome gaining ecclesiastic authority. In my Revelation 17 Mystery Babylon the Great video, I show how the harlot Roman Catholic Church of the Popes of Rome is described in detail, and that the eighth king is the Pope who rose to power after seven forms of government of the Roman Empire. In my The Babylonian Priesthood Reborn video, I show how the Popes are the revived priests of the Babylonian mystery religion. And in my Revelation 18 The Roman Catholic Church's Babylon video, I show how the Roman Catholic Church is described in detail. I gave you all that information so that you can see how many prophecies are pointing to the office of the papacy, the popes of Rome. There is no other person or office of people which fulfills all of that description. The Antichrist beast is hidden in plain sight. The saints who have gone before us have testified against them. But the enemy has tricked the end-time saints into believing in a one-man Antichrist that appears in a futuristic seventh week of Daniel 9, the supposed seven-year tribulation period. And before I go through the first half of Revelation 13, let me have you reference the Revelation Layers chart. I've included a link in the description. If you haven't printed it out, I recommend you do so. It'll help you visualize the fulfillment of Revelation. On the bottom chronological layer, you see the narrative of Revelation 12 and 13, which describes the different phases and leaders of the Roman beast kingdom, which have been used by Satan to make war with Messiah and his Ecclesia of Saints. Revelation 12 describes Satan, the dragon, using the Roman emperors to try to wipe out Messiah's ecclesia of saints, killing millions. They endured ten persecution periods, the tenth one, which took place from 303 to 312 AD, which was the harshest. So the birth of Messiah's ecclesia, his church, was painful like childbirth. 
Now with the last Western Roman emperor removed from power, the little horn of Daniel 7, the son of perdition of 2 Thessalonians 2, the eighth king of Revelation 17, the Antichrist beast popes gained civil and ecclesiastic authority. In Revelation 13, 1-10, Messiah describes a new phase of the Roman beast kingdom. It describes the pope's reign over the Roman beast kingdom for 1260 years, as one day equals one prophetic year in this case. Starting in 538 AD, when Eastern Roman Emperor Justinian gave power to the Pope, and ending when the Pope was taken captive in 1798 AD as part of the Fifth Vile Judgment. John doesn't use the word Antichrist in the apocalyptic vision. Instead, he calls the main leader who opposes Messiah and the saints, the beast. Let's look at what the word beast means in Greek and apply it. This word is used in Titus 1, 10-12. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not, for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. Now let's apply that to the popes of Rome, the beasts in Revelation. They have a track record of being liars, vain talkers, who teach concepts contrary to scripture, who steal the wealth of Catholics with promises of reduced time in purgatory and salvation for a price. Peter pointed to false prophets in Second Peter 2, 1 to 3. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of long time lingeth not and their damnation slumbeth not. Peter calls them brute beasts in Second Peter 2, 12-15. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way, and have gone astray, fallen the way of Balaam, the son of Bosar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. So keep in mind that the Roman Catholic Church says that Peter, the apostle, was the first pope. So it's ironic to see how Peter describes the Antichrist beast's character, which is fulfilled by the popes. The word beast in Greek can point to a lying, vain-talking deceiver and to a false prophet. So we see how it applies to the Pope of Rome, a false priest who pretends to serve Messiah to better make war with his saints. John was prompted to refer to the popes as the beast because they have been the primary focus of the Roman beast kingdom. Simon Magus, the first Roman pope, started the mystery of iniquity in the first century. Constantine and the Roman bishops created Romanism, the false religion of the Roman Catholic Church, in the 4th century. The Pope's reign in power for 1260 years from 538 to 1798 and relentlessly sought to eliminate the two witnesses against them, the scriptures and the saints. So starting in the 1st century, Simon Magus, a sorcerer, was effectively the first Roman Pope. Then Emperor Constantine and the Roman bishops codified the false religion of Romanism in their councils, and now the Antichrist beast is being empowered by Satan. So that's taken us from the 1st century up to the 6th century. You'll see that the popes are the primary Antichrist figure. Revelation's Antichrist beast is not just one man, as so many people have been led to believe it's the office of the papacy, the popes of Rome. 
Revelation 13.1 says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the names of blasphemy. This matches up with Daniel 7, 7 7-8. After this I saw the night visions, and behold, the fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with its feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. Daniel 7.20 says, And of the ten horns that were on his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes, and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. So Daniel is describing the Roman beast kingdom with a leader who blasphemes against the heavenly father. Daniel 7.24 says, In the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, the Pope of Rome. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. So the beast rises up out of a sea of people. Revelation 17.15 tells us that water points to people. And he said unto me, The waters which thou saw, where the horse sits, are peoples, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. And the popes of Rome rose out of the sea of people of Western Europe, the ten kingdoms of the fallen Roman Empire. And when people give their explanations about who is the beast kingdom of Revelation 12 and 13, they overlook that John has given us vital information in regard to the placement of the crowns. In Revelation 12 and 13, the seven heads are pointing to the seven forms of government of the pagan Roman Empire. They are referred to in Revelation 17 as seven kings. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was, and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and go into perdition. So he's pointing to the seven forms of government, five had passed when John wrote Revelation, the sixth was the Roman emperors, they were removed from power in 476 A.D., From 476 to 538 A.D. is the short space, and then the popes were given power in 538, and that's the eighth king. In Revelation 12.3, the crowns were on the seven heads, indicating that the pagan Roman Empire was in power. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and the seven crowns upon his heads. Recall that Daniel described the fourth beast kingdom of Rome, as dreadful and terrible and exceedingly strong. The previous kingdoms were symbolized by a lion, a bear, and a leopard. But the Roman Empire is depicted as a dragon, which is a much more dreadful and terrible and exceedingly strong creature. The Roman Empire used dragons on their military standards to represent Draco. So John is describing them without naming them. The ten horns of the fourth beast in Daniel 7 and Revelation 13 point to the fallen Roman Empire splitting into ten civil kingdoms. The little horn, the popes of Rome, rose to power over the ten civil kingdoms. In Revelation 13, the crowns are on the ten horns, telling us that now the power is transferred to those ten kingdoms. So the ten horns point to the ten civil kingdoms, the ten leaders who submit their authority to the Antichrist beast pope. Revelation 17.13 says, They have one mind, and they shall give power and their strength unto the beast. Here's the Vatican mural of Pope Leo X showing his authority, which matches the narrative of Revelation 13.1, that the Antichrist beast pope would rise out of a sea of people. So this is their image. This is at the Vatican, and it shows the pope. He's got his triple tiara, representing his authority in heaven, on earth, and hell. He's got his hand here pointing to the heavens, hand down here to the earth, but he's standing on a sea, but it's not a literal sea, it's a sea of people. 
The popes openly declare their identity as the Antichrist. They are hidden in plain sight. Because the verse says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. It's pointing to the popes taking power over the ten kingdoms of the fallen Roman Empire. Here's a painting of Pope Leo X that shows him with one foot on the land and the other on the sea. And he has a key in his right hand to declare his authority in heaven, and one in his left hand to declare his authority on earth. Below the painting, it says, In thy hand I behold the empire of the earth and sea and heaven. Interestingly, the popes refer to the Roman Catholic Church's central governing body, which rules over the different parts of the world, as the Holy See. It's pointing to the people that they control. The Holy See, also called the See of Rome, is the jurisdiction of the Bishop of Rome, known as the Pope. It includes the Apostolic Episcopal See of the Diocese of Rome with universal ecclesiastic jurisdiction of the worldwide Catholic Church, as well as the sovereign entity of international law governing the Vatican City. Revelation 13.2 says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Let's look at how the Pope-led sea beast of Revelation matches up with the fourth beast of Daniel 7. So he's pointing to Babylon, the first kingdom that was like a lion. He points to the second beast, like a bear, that points to Medo-Persia. He points to the third beast, which was like a leopard, which is pointing to Greece. Then he points to the fourth beast, the dreadful and terrible beast, which is the Roman Empire, saying that it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. So this confirms that it's the Roman beast kingdom. It describes the previous kingdoms of Babylon, symbolized by a lion, Medo-Persia, symbolized by a bear, Greece, symbolized by a leopard, the territories of which the Roman beast kingdom took control. When a kingdom captures a territory, they tend to take on the characteristics of the people who live there. The Roman Empire had the Greek characteristics, which put education and logic above revelation, Medo-Persian characteristics, which put the rule of law above mercy, and Babylonian characteristics, which was steeped in astrology and the spirits of the occult. Just as the high priest of Babylon carried out the Babylonian mystery religion, so did the popes of Rome through their symbolism and reverence to Mary. It's telling us that Satan, who had used the Roman emperors to try to wipe out Messiah's saints and then cause Constantine and the Roman bishops to create Romanism to try to defeat Messiah and his saints by infiltrating his ecclesia, his temple, is now empowering the Antichrist beasts, popes, to make war with the saints. In European legends, the Greek word basilix means a little king, and that's a legendary reptile reputed to be a king of serpents and said to have the power to cause death with a single glance. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it as a legendary reptile with fatal breath and glance. So we can see that a basilica is a place of a little king, the abode of the basilisk, the abode of the serpent. Here's a papal medal of Pope Gregory XIII marking the Gregorian calendar reformation year. On the reverse is a winged dragon called an Ouroboros, a symbol of a serpent that grew so large that it surrounded the earth and grasped his tail. It's a symbol of Satan. Revelation 12.9 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceived the whole world. On the coin, the ram's head symbolizes Baphomet, Satan. It's telling you who the Antichrist beast serves, who empowers him. It doesn't get any clearer than this. The name Vatican means divining serpent in Latin. Interestingly, there are several dragon serpents and the crest of the popes at the Vatican. You can Google images of Vatican dragons and see some of them. Google images of monument to Pope Gregory Thirteenth, and you see that there's a dragon in a crest, and there's another one under his monument, which is fitting as he's an agent of Satan. You see kings kneeling before him, paying reverence to him, bowing to his authority. You see a priest holding a globe, representing the pope's power over the world. And you see a dragon under his throne, symbolizing Satan, who gives the Antichrist beast popes their powers. 
Revelation 13, 3 says, And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to the death, and his deadly head wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. So the sixth head of Revelation 17.10 were the Caesars, the emperors, who ruled in John's day. When the Western Roman emperor was removed from power during the fourth trumpet judgment, the office ceased to exist, thus the term deadly head wound. The Antichrist beast popes took power over the ten kingdoms of the fallen Roman Empire, and they took the title that the emperors used, Pontifex Maximus. Thus the deadly head wound was healed. The leader of the Roman church and state was alive again in the popes. In Daniel and the Revelation, Joseph Tanner said, Pope Boniface III showed himself to the crowding pilgrims at the Jubilee of 1300, seated on the throne of Constantine, arrayed with sword and crown and scepter, shouting aloud, I am Caesar, I am the emperor. In Hore Apocalypse, Edward Bishop Eliot says, But in the pontificate, it, the Roman Empire, revived as with the second birth. Its empire and magnitude, not indeed, equal to the old empire, but its form, not very dissimilar because all nations from east and from west venerate the Pope, not otherwise than they before obeyed the emperor. Said of Pope Pius IX, the captain who gloriously fulfills the place of the ancient Caesars. Pope Pius IX said, the Caesar who now addresses you, and to whom alone are obedience and fidelity due. In 607 AD, the cruel Eastern Roman Emperor Focus conceded to Pope Boniface III the headship over all the churches of Christendom. This womb was fully healed by Pepin and Charlemagne, who enthroned the Bishop of Rome in his full position when the Ten Kings, the Ten Civil Kingdom leaders, submitted their power to him. The structure of the Roman Catholic beast is based on the Roman Empire. The office of the papacy is based on Caesar. The popes used the title of Pontifex Maximus just as the emperor used this title, which means greatest bridge builder, in reference to building bridges in society that connects back to Rome. The Pope can be seen waving Caesar's salute today. The Vatican and Holy See use Latin for the official language and official documents, just as Latin was used in ancient Rome. Revelation 13.4 says, And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Satan, the god of this world, tempted Messiah to bow down and worship him, and said that he would give Messiah the kingdoms of the world. Messiah refused, but the proclaimed leader of his church... The Antichrist beast Pope of Rome took Satan up on his offer. Satan has given the office of the papacy, the popes of Rome, his authority over the kingdoms of the world. And he uses them to steal worship away from the Heavenly Father. Worshipping Satan doesn't imply revering him personally, but worshipping idols, ultimately stealing worship away from Yah the Heavenly Father and giving it to Satan. When the Virgin Mary, who is the Babylonian moon goddess Semiramis, is worshipped and prayed to by Catholics, Satan is exalted. When Catholics pray to dead saints and idols, worship is given to Satan and his demons that hide behind the idols. It says that they worship the beast. It's referring to the kings and leaders of the European countries of the ten kingdoms of the fallen Roman Empire, who have committed fornication with the Pope, who have become rich because of their allegiance to the Pope. In the approaching end of the age, Henry Grattan Guinness said, In his full frame and flush with victory, the great Francis I of France, in his interview with Pope Leo X, just before the Reformation, knelt three times in approaching him, and then kissed his feet, showing his subservience to him. The Emperor Henry of Germany, driven to the most abject humiliation by the terror of the papal interdict, sought pardon, barefoot and clothed in sackcloth, and was kept waiting three wintry days and nights at the doors of the Supreme Pontiff, ere he could secure an interview. Pope Pius XI said, To the hand of God, who guides the course of history, has set down the chair of his vicar on earth, in this city of Rome, which from being the capital of the wonderful Roman Empire, was made by him the capital of the whole world, because he made it the seat of a sovereignty which, 
since it extends beyond the confines of the nations and states, embraces within itself all the people of the whole world. Pope Eugene IV proclaimed, We define that the Holy Apostolic See and the Roman Pontiff hold the primacy over the whole world. At one time it was even declared at the coronation of every pope, Know thyself the Father of kings and princes, ruler of the world. Revelation 13, 5-6 says, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in the heaven. Once again, we can see that John picked up the narrative about the fourth beast kingdom, in that he declares that the Antichrist beast pope will blaspheme. Daniel 7, 8 says, And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Daniel 7.20 says, And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn had eyes, and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Daniel 7.25 says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they should be given into his hands until a time and times and dividing of a time. The Apostle Paul also describes the blasphemy of the popes of Rome, saying, Who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sitteth as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The popes proclaim to be the leader of Messiah's church, but they teach a false gospel of works through the Roman sacraments. They proclaim that Mary was sinless, and that she is the intercessor to the Father and co-redeemer. The popes have proclaimed to be God, to be Jesus Christ in the flesh, to be able to forgive sins and to provide salvation, all of which is blasphemy. They have proclaimed that salvation is not possible outside of the Roman church. But Acts 4.12 proclaims that salvation is only through Messiah, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. Messiah, the true high priest, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So can you see how the popes have blasphemed and spoke great things against Yah the Heavenly Father and Messiah? Amazingly, the popes have falsely proclaimed these things, yet people today don't know that they're the Antichrist beast of Revelation. Revelation 13.7 says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power is given him over kindreds and tongues and nations. As the popes gained more power, they persecuted the saints with more vigor. Daniel and John both pointed to this. Daniel 7.21, I beheld in the same horn, made war with the saints, and prevailed against them. Daniel 7.25, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Revelation 17.6, And I saw the woman, drunken with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Revelation 18.24, And in her was found the blood of the prophets, and of the saints, and of all who were slain upon the earth. The popes of Rome were given power over the ten kingdoms of the fallen Roman Empire, who were used to make war with the saints. Revelation 17, 12-15 alludes to this. And the ten horns which thou saw are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. And he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he said unto me, The waters which thou saw, where the horse sits, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. What clearer evidence is there than a professed church of Messiah killing the saints? Messiah would never condone creating torture devices to convert people to the faith. Messiah would never advocate murdering those people who oppose the gospel. The irony is that the popes proclaim that their church is built on the foundation of Peter as the first pope, citing Matthew 16, 18. 
And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon his rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But it's the very opposite, as the gates of hell were unleashed by the Satan-empowered Antichrist beast popes who persecute Messiah's ecclesia of saints. People today envision a one-man Antichrist who will kill the saints. They ignore that the popes of Rome have already carried out those evil deeds. They ignore the suffering of the saints who have gone before them and think that all of Revelation is about the end-time saints. We live in a very sad state of ignorance and self-absorption. Revelation 13a says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. The word worship is Greek proskunio, which means to kiss, like a dog licking his master's hand, to fawn or crouch, to prostrate oneself in homage. Is that not what we see when Roman peace pays respect to the Pope? Is that not what we see when leaders of Christian denominations and other religions visit the Pope and bow before him and kiss his hand? Is that not what we see with Catholics who gather to revere the Pope? Revelation 13, 9-10 says, If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here's the patience and the faith of the saints. The Pope was captured in 1798 AD during the fifth vile judgment, and he will be captured by Messiah in the end. In the next video, I'll show you how the primary prophecy narrative of Revelation is the Antichrist peace versus Messiah and his saints. Thank you for listening to this Revelation Timeline Decoded audio. You can request a free copy of the Revelation Timeline Decoded summary PDF or order a printed copy of the book, which explains it in detail, at revelationtimelinedecoded.com. I love y'all. Shalom.